Welcome to Elemental Fun, a historical and cultural look of the elements of the periodic table. Welcome to Elemental Fun. My name is Grace. My name is Cindy. And this week, or month, or whatever, this episode. Episode, there you go. Science stories. Yay! We We're take a break from the back. Elemental Table. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just bring full. you some fun science. <laughs> After two explosive episodes, <laughs> yes. we need to take it back. Well, we'll see. Actually, yeah. my story isn't that exciting. Like, explosive. Okay. So. Well, mine's exciting. Well, if you like marine mammals, um, so I have I have two short ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do one, and Grace is gonna do one, and I'm gonna do one yeah. um, to finish off. But um, the first one is that we were all very excited about here in uh, the Salish Sea, which is the Puget Sound plus all the other inland waterways in Washington and Canada. Um, we had a beluga sighting. That's now, crazy. It is because belugas are from the Arctic. <laughs> And they're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so this is why this case is case in point. Why when people will tell me, oh, I think I saw this in the water or this or this. I will never say like 100% that you didn't see that. Because boogers like this are going to show up and be like, ha Just kidding. So I never say never because there's always weirdos that wander about and are, show up in the wrong places. Oh, I love that um, about, about your podcast. It's like when you're like, yeah, they live here. Except for that one weirdo that lives like in the Mediterranean. Like, <laughs> how did you get there? Why are you there? I don't know. You can't speak English, so we can't ask you. It's very, very frustrating. <laughs> so tell me about this beluga in the Salish Sea. That's, so, I didn't even hear about it. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, he was down in Tacoma. Um, <laughs> down in like Puget Sound area. Uh, and they were seen a couple times, and people are like, oh, I think I just saw a beluga. I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. That's really um, deep into the sound. That's like yeah. really, like, he, that's not he, like, hey, I'm just like hanging out near the Pacific and like. Right. He didn't just come to the Strait of Hanafuka and be like, oh, check it out. Eh, not cool. He's like, right, he I'm went straight in. I'm going did he, all like, the way chase in. chase something in there? Did he chase something? So I don't know. Ball? I mean, he didn't look. Uh, like emaciated it wasn't like you know obviously severely and I say he I don't know I don't know if it was a girl or boy but it's just easier to say he than it it seems so impersonal um but yeah they 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 found him um uh, a couple places on there they sighted him in the beginning of October and the last sighting was October 20th I think last confirmed sighting of him um and he was just you know kind of swimming about doing things uh, and what was really cool about it, though, is that they used what's called eDNA. So instead of usually in order to get DNA, you have to do like a biopsy or something. But this environmental DNA is a new thing in the last few years that's come out that you take a sample of the ocean or the earth, if you're talking about a terrestrial animal, um, where the animal has been. And you can actually get DNA from that animal that's sloughed off from their skin or poop or various you know like you're getting rid of cells right now <laughs> everybody is 
So they kind of slough off all the time. So you can actually scoop seawater where the beluga or other marine mammal just dove and actually pull the DNA of that animal from the seawater. That is crazy cool. Isn't that bonkers? I mean, like, so, what? Yeah. Like, we heard about this and I was like, oh, my God. And you can do this for harbor porpoises. And so that's what we're that's one of our projects that we're trying to do at, at Pac-Man um, is to be able to get that going so we can start getting genetics on that. But it's just an amazing way to be non-invasive and be able to. Yeah. I mean, it really is like magic. Like, I'm just going to skip seawater and pull DNA. <laughs> Done. Science is like way beyond my mental capacity. I'm like, I'm sorry. How did they? What? How did they do this? I don't. I can't. Don't tell me I how. I, I'm going to be embarrassed. Yes, it is. It's um, science magic. Exactly. Um, but what they did find is that so the there's a population in Cook Inlet in Alaska. That's the closest population. So you'd oh, figure okay. he's probably from Cook Inlet. You know, not too far away. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, his DNA matches animals in the Beaufort Sea, which normally migrate between Alaska, Canada, and Russia. And he decided to take a, a short jaunt <laughs> south <laughs> to the Salish Sea. He went on a swimabout. A swimabout, yes, a swimabout. And they've seen there was a beluga sighting in 1940s, in the 1940s in the Puget Sound. That's the only other time I believe that we've seen one. So the, they occasionally wander. I, I don't know that's, why. That's very like, of course, in my brain, I this is how bad I am at like apparently my understanding of belugas. I thought they were like Arctic, but like Atlantic Arctic, if that makes sense. Oh, like, they are they're, need, they're circum. I know it can be connected. Yeah. I mean, I but like in my brain, yeah, I didn't even think they were in Alaska. I thought they were like like up in the. I guess Alaska's yeah the higher so yeah normal. above in Canada basically <laughs> Canada and above. Yeah, and I, just, I mean, most yeah. of the populations are the Cook Inlet one is a smaller population, and it's one of the only kind of main ones that we have in the U.S. I think that's why, because in the U.S. we don't re don't really have belugas. It's just that one little section in Alaska that does. Yeah. So it's not a common one that we think about. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool, though. But it we is. don't know and what happened to him. We, we don't know just... what happened to him. He kind of just oh yeah, nobody's seen him. Um, the only thing I want to add to this is that these wandering belugas. So you think this guy's gone south? In uh, June of 2020, there was a beluga that was sighted off San Diego. <laughs> Could it be the same one? Uh, who I will never say never. <laughs> it's possible. The guy could just be a crazy weirdo. He's just like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go places belugas have never gone before. Right. <laughs> He's got wanderlust. He just wants to see the world. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, so we were really hoping as we were out doing our field research, like, oh, my God, I want to see a beluga. <laughs> but um, alas, we did not. So, oh, bummer. Um, but we don't know, uh, you know, it, it's it's generally not a good thing, probably for this individual, because they're also really social, highly yeah. social animals. And uh, we just in our on the my Pac-Man podcast, we just did our episodes on belugas. So you can learn all about them and their crazy social structure and everything else. In that podcast. Oh yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a little behind on my podcast, so I'll have to. You like that one? The, the blue one. I just very listened to your dusky dolphin one. Ooh, that, that one's fun too. To. That was fun, but mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And then, so blue so goes in weird like places. All your jam. It's like sailor sea, marine mammals. Mm -hmm. Like Crazy excellent. Stuff. Yep. Well, my turn. Yes, your turn. 
so I went to my favorite light science website. Mm-hmm. I effing love science. Oh, yes. And um, this is the title of this one. Uh, what are those weird floating things you sometimes see in your vision? Oh, the floaters. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you probably already know about this. I didn't because like every, every time I see them, like my brain goes, oh my gosh, am I dying? Um, but no, <laughs> 76% of all non-visually impaired people experience floaters. So not mm-hmm. everyone does, which I thought was, I, mm-hmm. I mean, have you experienced floaters before? Yeah, yeah, I've had floaters before. Yeah. yeah. So like usually they appear as uh, like a moving structure. They sometimes even look like kind of like worms and they look like mm-hmm. they're moving. Um and they appear, your, appear in your vision when you're looking at something uniform and bright. So like a screen or the sky or... There's the sun that you're not supposed to be looking into. Right. Well, just don't do that. Yeah. Um, the scientific name is uh, Musque volitantes, which translates to flying flies, but they are not insects. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that would be I read, terrifying. I know. I was like, oh, You've got some flies in your eyes. What? Um so this is the breakdown. So do you know what, what causes it? You probably figured it out. I think so, but I'm going to let you go through it and see if I'm right. <laughs> okay. So basically, uh, part of your eye is called the vitreous humor. It's like mm-hmm. a gel-like substance between the um, lens and the retina. So light enters the eye through the lens, and it activates certain cells in the retina. But sometimes there's bits of, like, tissue or red blood cells or protein clumps, and they cast a shadow as the light's coming in and um, it makes the floaters. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I was just really glad to, to, I mean, I figured it was something normal. But sometimes <laughs> you just like, you sit there and as you see this, this thing moving, well, especially in your if it's vision, like the wormy one, that's the really wormy dis- ones, disturbing. You're, you're sitting yeah. there going like, but wait, could I have like, cause there are, there are worms. There like are things, the things in the world. And, you know, I also had Lasix on my eyes a few years ago. So I'm like, am I dying? Mm. Uh, <laughs> did, did they knock something loose that's just that's important? Floating? It should be there. So that was just, that was the one I saw that I went, huh? There was also one that was about, like, like um, aggressive hormones that are, are hormones that release aggression in women, but not in men. Ooh. And, and it was... But it was like, it kind of went like, <laughs> it went beyond my understanding. Um, basically, there's like a hormone that comes out of babies' heads. And like when women smell, like, you know how everyone uh-huh, talks yeah. about how much they love the smell oh, of baby smells, head. yeah. Yeah. But like babies release a hormone that make women like highly aggressive. Oh, to like protect, protect them. To protect their baby. Oh. But it makes it makes men less aggressive. Yeah, well, that makes sense because men... Because in in mammal societies, a lot of times males will kill the babies to put the females back in estrus. Right. So, so like, it's a, a protective mechanism. That's awesome. Isn't that interesting? That is so cool. But like well, the original title, I was like, wait, there's like a body because they called it body odor instead of saying like mm-hmm. a hormone. They're saying body oh, odor cause aggression, and I was like, so some people that stink nice. make other people like volatile. Is that what it's saying? <laughs> doesn't seem good but it was actually it was actually more about like babies and hormones and yeah so i thought that was really interesting, interesting. that like well that goes to the cell communication i talked about in my biology classes actually we're just doing it right now but like one signal can cause different cells to have different responses 
So that one signal can do this in women, can do that in men, and it's just right. depends and it went on the cells. Into that it's the taking. whole like mm-hmm. part of the brain, and it went really in depth, which is why about halfway through the article, I'm like, like, and I I'm out. I can report on this because <laughs> it's getting but, hard for me. But it, like, and the, the thing is, like, you to understand it, you don't have to know all those details. Like, you can think about the evolutionary. Like, it makes right. sense that the baby would do that to protect itself. By having the mom protect it, and then also to have the dad to place the, the dad. Dot. Yeah, it was exactly. also interesting though because the study that was done was a very it was a double blind um, study, but they only had 127 um, like participants in the study, huh. so it okay. wasn't a very big pool. And the way they like judged aggression was kind of oh. bizarre. Well, they you played, can do like, this. Be somewhat they subjective. Like, a, video game afterwards to like oh okay so i just kind of was like the study itself seemed a little like well yeah because i mean how do you how do you do aggression you'd be like all right uh here's a baby are you going to beat it up now (laughs) i think really can't do that (laughs) or i just thought like would they be measuring like your hormonal levels right or, or things like that or measure or watching the brain in an mri or things like that yeah but um so yeah I just, but the overall like result of it made sense, but right. I don't know if their scientific standard, although both science, the, the scientists and the participants didn't know if they were getting a placebo or not. Right. Um, That's so, important. The double blind study. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That was interesting. So there's two. Yeah. Look at that. Well, yeah. And, that's, there you go. Well, and so actually, um, did you, had, did you ever experience a uh, darkening of your skin while you were pregnant? I did not. So many women do. Um, they mm-hmm. have like skin pigmentation changes and that's due to estrogen because estrogen, um, which is a, a reproductive hormone or whatever. But again, talking about the different cells, if it goes into skin cells or where there's the melanocytes, the things that create melanin, the cells that create melanin, uh, which is the pigment, um, which don't actually have receptors for estrogen on the outside of the cell, like most every, everything else has to have a receptor for that signal. These guys don't, so they're like, okay, that doesn't respond to it, but they did, and they responded, and estrogen made it create more uh, melanin, and progesterone made it produce less, and there's a um, a special, it can go across the cell membrane, and there's a special cell uh, receptor within the cell membrane, or within the cell, that triggers all that, so it's like, it was just interesting, because there's it's oh obviously that cell doesn't respond to that receptor or or that signal because there's no receptor uh but there can be (laughs) on the inside hiding away (laughs) so the reason why if you have pigmentation changes when you're pregnant is because of estrogen messing with your melanocytes we've talked about that too it might have been when i was pregnant we talked about it or when you were Mm -hmm. pregnant or something like that we've been doing (laughs) podcasts for a long time one of the couple times we were pregnant (laughs) One of those. All okay, right. So the last, so the last one um, I have is about Twinkies. Oh no! <laughs> so, it can't be a good thing about Twinkies. Mm, so twin- <laughs> Twinkies are immortal, right? They live forever, right? right? They're the right. thing that's like you know, a post 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 apocalyptic TV shows and stuff. You still got Twinkies for forty years. Right. Um, no. 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 So. This is really interesting. Um, this guy had eight-year-old Twinkies in his pantry. Not sure why. But during the pandemic, because he wanted dessert and didn't have anything, couldn't go out, he's like, I was going to bust open these bad boys. <laughs> bust open the Twinkies. 
So he opened him up and one of them looked fine. And so he ate it and then was like, I'm like wretched. And um, it was not fine on the inside. And um, so he, there's another one that had like a, a, like a quarter size spot on it. And then another one that was mummified. Like it <sighs> looked like a mummy. <laughs> it was like desiccated from the inside of the package. So he put him on social media. Um, and this as caught people the, do as people do because I mean I would if I had this crazy looking freaking uh, Twinkie and also biting into a Twinkie that was not good. Um, so they got caught the eye of some some scientists that were uh, fungal researchers, you know, fungus, because oh. it looked very similar to what a, a fungus. So they um, they thought it might be a fungus because the one that had the spot was a very typical looking like fungus thing. And the one that was desiccated or, or like mummified, um, there are fungi that kill insects and mummify them in this, in the same way. So oh. they were like, I think that's it. So they, they contacted the guy was like, can you send us those Twinkies? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. So um, they, these researchers in particular had actually done research on, uh, trying to get fungus to grow on peeps, little marshmallow treats. Yeah. Right. Um, but they don't have enough water. Apparently they do not want to grow on peeps. Mm. So good news for you. Peep eaters. <laughs> I, I can't do them. They're too sweet. I used to really like them, but like, I don't think I could now like that. Yeah. They're really not like if, if that was all the sugar in the house and I really need sugar, really need sugar. I, I, mean, I could probably light it on fire and make it like a toasted marshmallow. But oh, there you go. That's, that no, that might actually be good. It yeah. caramelized the sugar on the outside, mm -hmm. but not Ooh, too much for you. Right. Mm. Well, if my blood sugar is low, totally fine. <laughs> um, so they, um, one thing about fungus is a lot of a lot of fungi are extremists, so they can colonize and be on things that are very extreme in nature. Um, apparently, you can find fungus in jet fuel. They're that good <laughs> at being at weird places. So anyway, they have good reason to be looking into these uh, cool creatures. Um, so one thing they noted was that it the the Twinkie may have mummified like five years ago or six years ago um, because it looks like it, the, you know the seal was uh, the package was sealed and stuff. So it's likely that the fungus got into that into that package before it sealed, oh. um, and then it got sealed in there. And then so it could have mummified you know a year you know right right away. Um, and not necessarily over this past eight years. He just didn't notice it because it was in his pantry for eight years. So that's possible. Um, but uh, they but they wanted to, to find out. So they used a bone marrow biopsy tool to drill into it to try to get to the you know, to the inside that they were not expecting to find the the inside the cream was still in there. So the fungus liked the cake, but not the cream which is i thought was very interesting like even the fungus can be picky eaters you're like, <laughs> like Ooh, I, i'm eight years i'm stuck inside this thing and i'm not i'd rather die than eat that cream and yeah, the twinkie pretty much Gross. so uh, um so they're trying to uh culture the fungus to see if they can get it to grow to see what it it was was is yeah um and so from the one that had the quarter size uh thing on it they were able to culture that one and it was a very i didn't write the name down but it was a very common fungus that's like in soil and air and everywhere that one is fine um but they have not gotten anything from the mummified one yet 
So they can't, like, bring it back to life, basically. It's like an alien. <laughs> right. And you should look at the, like, look up, you know, a mummified Twinkie. Like, the it's it's crazy looking. Um, uh, but they're still, they're still, still going to keep trying because they're fungal researchers and they're going to try all sorts of different things. They don't have much else to do. And, you know, it's, I mean, this is very cool. Bring a, bring a fungus back to life. Um, so... Uh, there was an another they mentioned another Twinkie experiment. There's a, a researcher that is doing like a a, lo- a long term research where he has a Twinkie or she or she has a Twinkie under like a glass lid under like you know, a wood thing like like in a little like this is my prize Twinkie. Um, and it's been there since 1976. Oh, and it's I think it's still like looks pretty good. Um, and he's going to donate it back to the, the school when he re- when they retire. The here I don't remember as a he or she. Um, so people have been worrying, wor- uh, thinking about, you know, these Twinkies and how immortal they are and doing experiments. Um, but I'm going to end it with, um, there was a good, uh, thing from one of the researchers said about like why this is so like, oh my God, like, like why people freak out about it. Cause one thing it's your childhood and you're like, it's a Twinkie and it's going to live forever. And then it doesn't. And that like crushes your childhood dreams of like. <laughs> what life is supposed to be. Um, But it says, eventually all of us are food for fungi. Seeing that is sort of facing the reality of our mortality and our destruction, which I thought was very poignant. Very (laughs) true. We will eventually be eaten by fungus. Um, But seeing it eat a Twinkie was apparently uh, very disturbing for people. (laughs) Well, What's even more disturbing, though, is like, so So you told me about the glass jar. You are saying about the glass mm-hmm. jar. Uh, one of my coworkers, who was a science teacher, and now he's a STEM teacher, he has, a, like, a McChicken sandwich <gasps> that's been in Damn. a jar. And it, it just it's looks, still... it just looks like it hardened. Yeah. Like, just, it's dried out. It's just desiccated. Yeah. yeah. It looks kind of mummified like that. And I'm just like... People eat this. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like your whipped cream shouldn't still look like whipped cream if it's been no. at room temperature for like any amount any of time. Amount of time. You know, <laughs> like there's just there's things that like you don't think about and then you look at it and you're like gross like Twinkies. Things I are supposed want, to degrade. If if do you really want to eat something that never decomposes? Like yeah. So. Talk about that yeah. fresh food. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, maybe, a, maybe. he has a label on it too. I think it's from like, it might be from like 2010 or something. Oh. Like it's, it's well, can been you imagine a while. if somebody accidentally picked it up and tried to eat it? Well, their teeth would break off because it's <laughs> super hard. Serves them right. Right. Who, who just picks up a sandwich off of somebody's desk like that? It's in crazy. a glass jar with a lid. In a glass it. jar. Yeah, a in a science lab. Don't uh, eat anything that's in a scientist's lab that's in a glass jar. No. Or in no. anything. Like Petri dish. Yeah. Even yeah, like I mean, I had I had dolphin poop in my freezer. So, you know. Or and sometimes maybe a dead porpoise. It's just <laughs> never not. I mean, I don't because that would they I didn't have it in my freezer. It was in the cooler in the garage because I don't have a freezer big enough for it so it was on ice i have a freezer big you do (gasps) dude your husband would be like no (laughs) he'd be like 
I'm yeah. going to draw the line here. Right. Draw a line and a dead porpoise in my freezer. Because, <laughs> you know, he would just open it up and be like, Grace. Yeah, he'd just be like, what did Cindy put in my freezer? <laughs> it wouldn't be very long to figure out who did it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think he'd probably just be like, what the what is that in the freezer? What's wrapped up and dead? We didn't <laughs> buy another pig, did we? It's <laughs> just a big lamb shank or something yeah, with the all, but don't thought, upper please. fluke thing. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, but I had people oh. freak out and when I had to I was living uh, it was in college and I had to bring the, the poop containers to the like to my house before I could bring them back to the lab. And they were like, oh, ew, there's dolphin poop in the freezer. I'm like, yeah, it's mainly seawater with a little bit. You know what? You're When you swim in the seawater, you're swimming through all of it. <laughs> Just maybe not concentrated. But it's in a jar. It's fine. It's not going to hurt anybody. I was trying to explain to my daughter that, like, there is such thing as a scatologist. Like, there are people Ooh, yeah. poop? that study poop. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would they want to? And I'm like, well, someone's got to. We, yeah, but do you know, well, what's the first thing that they ask when you go to the doctor half the time? They're like, or how are your bowel movements? <laughs> I mean, poop is, can really tell you a lot about what you're doing, how you're doing. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's an important thing, as gross it as it is. Or it can is. be. Yeah. The sketologists are important. Yes. Don't, don't flush them away. Ah, uh, you did there. <laughs> You can you can tell her too. You can say that Cindy uh, also studies poop because I have. I'm not strictly a scatologist by any means, but right. I've collected and, and studied it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. You can get a lot of data from it. Exactly. Uh, even uh, you know that leopard seal in uh, in New Zealand that swallowed a jump drive full of pictures and then pooped <laughs> it out and then it lasted for a year in a freezer and then defrosted and still worked. And was returned to its owner. I remember that story. I was like, what? Yep. So you can learn, you can, you can even you can find learn. people's pictures in poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this took a fun turn. It did. Poop is always funny. I, I It is. <laughs> I, I teach the right grade for that because second grade graders are just like, poop. <laughs> poop. Of course, that's also my two and a half year old. He's. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But my my eight my nineteen month old is now. I'm like, was that your butt? And she farts, and she's like, butt. <laughs> so she's starting to get it too. It's inevitable. Something really like, just. It's like silly. Human. It's human to think that yeah. like poop is funny. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird process. <laughs> well, that's enough about poop. Yeah. On that note. Um, <laughs> What uh chemical or what uh I keep saying chemical chemistry? We're not talking what, about chemistry today. I know, I know, but what do you think we should do next? Should we think about it? I guess we we have to find out another um maybe less explosive element. Listeners out there, do you mm. have a recommendation? Well, we've done a lot of them know. already, but we um, yeah we've done some of the major ones, but there's still some good ones in there. There's some solid ones in there. Yeah. Um, we might have to put a couple together, though, because. <laughs> well, like the whole um, bottom row is just going to have to be all on one thing. <laughs> this one <laughs> lasts tried, for three seconds in a lab. Columns. We try to do columns so that those ones that are kind of related but are made yeah. in a lab. 
Well, that's what we did, like, with hal- halogens, you know, the, the halogens and stuff. But... Yeah. Tennessee, yeah. we kind of were just like, eh, and it's a thing. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah so, if you, you have, have any it. ideas, let us know which, which one we should do next, because we're tired of, of um, trying to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tell me so, what to do. I, sometimes we just want to be told what to do, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, on that note, Thank you so much for listening. And um, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email us. Our email is in the show notes, which is elementalfunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us um, personally. Um, my Instagram is Gracie Runs 50 by 50. And you can find Cindy at? At uh, Pacific Mammal Research or the Pac-Man podcast. Uh, or the well, Pacific Mammal Research for Instagram and Facebook. And then we, I'll, as we mentioned, I have that podcast. It's called the Pac-Man podcast. So you can learn about marine mammals with us there. Yes. I w- I'm not there. But, you know, if you enjoy Cindy, you can go there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so awesome. <laughs> if you enjoy her as much as I do. There you go. <laughs> I listen to the podcast. I learn and so mar- much. And marine mammals. You have to like them, yes. too. Yes, definitely. So on that note, we hope that your bowel movements are smooth. (laughs) Don't eat And regular. Don't worry about the floaters in your eyes. Mama. But but you just go go have your poop be regular and good and then floaters. Well, no. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm summarizing. Just I know, but it went float. And I went to poop. I'm sorry. Okay, floaters in your eyes. That's true, Chris. Don't Don't worry about the the Mm -hmm. floaters in your eyes. Mm -hmm. And keep your eyes open for belugas. And don't eat Twinkies that were in your your pantry for 10 years. I mean, expiration dates. I mean, keep your eyes on the expiration dates. Yeah. Because, like, oof. Yeah. (laughs) Certain things weren't, weren't, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> should not should not eight be eight years is a long time that's a long time yeah i mean I'm, I'm i'll let things slide with dates like that but yeah at some point <laughs> a even, decade is a little too long even twinkies go bad <laughs> all right all right so thanks for listening and we hope you tune in again sometime my name is grace my name is cindy we'll talk at Bye. you later <laughs> stories stories of science we're gonna tell you some stories that aren't that relevant yeah (laughs) okay now you have to do that for every science stories (laughs)